Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I spoke with Tommy Reynolds, an American expat now residing in Guangzhou, China. We get into Tommy's expat journey that took him from Boston to South Korea, on to Thailand, and now he's residing in China. As well as an honest recollection of flunking out of music school and everything that followed, Tommy and I wax lyrical about the magical voice of Sam Cooke opening up for Rat at Mamakins, falling in and out of love with music, and why August and Everything After is such a great album. There's also chat about the changing face of the music scene in Seoul, playing to backing tracks in Chongqing and what it's really like to play to audiences in China, and Dirty Uncle Phil. So without further ado, Tommy Reynolds. Joining us today on Can't Find My Way Home is Tommy Reynolds. Tommy, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. It's a uh, yeah, great to be here. Um, my first podcast ever, so I'm feeling a little bit nervous, but super psyched. Excellent. Uh, yeah, let's let's make it. Let's make it a good one then, eh? <laughs> since, since we're, 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 we're doing nice and gently. Good. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Tommy, perfect. What do you got? Tommy, can you tell us where you where you're speaking from? Uh, right now, I am in. Guangzhou, Guangzhou, China, it's a southern part, Guangdong province in the south of China. Yeah, huge city, uh, wonderful city, old city. It has everything from like ancient kings to European. There's a whole European section. So it's yeah, fascinating place. Really, really cool city. What yeah. Was, um, what, was the, what was the journey that took you there? You've lived in a few countries before this, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I was thinking about this question, and uh, honestly, the failure. Uh, failure has said, yeah, I flunked out of music school, flunked out of, you know, but just, you know, picking yourself back up and just trying new stuff, you know, I mean, I flunked out of music school, was painting houses, you know, had a full scholarship to, to music school and flunked out, you know, because it was better to be a rock star playing in clubs and not getting your education. That and the, then, uh, that's called the keeping it real theory, I believe, right? This is the, this is the lesson yeah. that teach you in music school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If my 40-year-old self could go and <laughs> beat the shit out of my 20-year-old self and be like, oh, I, I think stay, stay at school, dummy. <laughs> definitely a lot of us would be in the same boat, I think. But, but yeah, I, I, it, and it's, you know, I mean, it, it just teaches you a lot about, about resilience. You know, I mean, just failure, you know, about picking yourself back up and, you know, keep on trying. And But it's funny because, like, I, I mean, I've been singing since I was a little kid, like a tiny, like, I mean, ever since I could talk, I've been singing, you know, so the story goes in my family. So really, that, get, that, that was it? It was something that was always around the house or on the radio or, you know, the, the parents' car? That, yeah, like, like that. that's the weird thing for me is that nobody else in my family is musical. Like, like no, I, I mean, we all love music. Uh, I'm the youngest of six, and everyone loved music, but nobody played an instrument or were in bands or but just huge lovers of pop music 
you know, from my parents who were, you know, just straight up out of the 50s and early 60s to my sisters who were like 70s, like Elvis Costello, and, and then my brother, Blue Oyster Cult, Motley Crue, another brother who was just crazy about Elvis for whatever reason. So, <laughs> and you know, I'm you just think like this. If you're the youngest of six, you got, to, you got into all of their record collections, or at least you had a good look at them, you know, the tapes they were playing and oh, all this both. kind of stuff, you know? Oh, big, big time. Like, I mean, we had hundreds and hundreds of just LPs just, like, lying around the house. Like, everything from those little tiny 45s they had to stick the little stupid plastic <laughs> thing in to get up to play right. And yeah, like, like one of the, I, I remember coming across the, the batters and just as a little kid, you know, like it was a little 45 record and it was twilight time by, by the platter and just being just blown away, but just like, whoa, like just how do people sing like this? <laughs> right. You know, and then that's just. How did they make it work? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, love the sound of that scratch, you know, like on that record that that. When you hear the needle drop, as you say, it just yeah. takes you to another Yeah, and place. I was just, Because uh, I noticed yeah, both, I was, both of us have, then, both of us have done this recent, uh, that there's been so many of these kind of online things that you can do during the, the current lockdown situation. But one of the ones was, was it 10 albums and you didn't have to say who it was or why you just posted the, the picture. And I, I noticed you, you, I don't know if you yeah, finished it, yeah. but you're, you're nearly finished it, I think. But some of the choices you had, well, why don't you tell us some of your yeah, influences? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I've always like, I've always hated things like this because for me, it's never been like a, like, I've always had a hard time top 10 for all and forever. You know, like for me, it's always been like, man, what am I feeling now? Yeah. Um, but I, I would just, you know, the biggest thing for me is just being able to hear music that I connect with. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter, you know, like, I mean, it could have been anything from like, I mean, it could be a Snoop Dogg record to, you know, a Marvin Gaye record. But if like something clicks in my soul, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, if it clicks with me, man, like it just hits you. I mean, a good song will always just, it just hits your in the right way. Right. Um, There's just but, something that resonates, whether it's the hook, the melody, the the drum beat. Yeah, it, the, the, the words. Yeah, yeah like course, just something. Right? But yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, like really like Sam Cooke for me is just someone that I've always wanted to sing like, but never could. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you just hear something. It's like magic in a voice, yeah. you know, like just the way that he can hold a note. And so that's always been big. And I think a, a, another one that surprises a lot of people is for me, Counting Crows, you know, maybe that band hits a lot of people the wrong way, whether it was, whether it was Mr. Jones just got way too overplayed or I don't know. I forget what the album's called. I, I, it, it's a decent uh, one. August. Uh, it's a good yeah, song. August Brown and everything after. A good song. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, I, I I can I can literally sing every every song on that album word for word. I mean, like I I wore the tape out, um, <laughs> like like my junior and senior high school, and maybe it was just at that time when you're a teenager and you're but just like listening to, you know, just just like old soul and blues where people just pour out their souls and pour out, you know, like that kind of. I guess it's that that honesty that you know, and that's why I can dig anything from you know from hip hop to heavy metal. Yeah. If, if there's just that kind of honesty to it. I can really relate it's to that too, because when you get that resonance, whatever it is, it's unquantifiable, right? It's this kind of, this thing. And when you meet other guys in other bands and you maybe don't agree on the same things or you don't like the same kind of things, but they're, you play together in a band so far better or worse, you find that middle ground that works for you. And then as you know, get to know each other through time, 
some of the things they get you into or you get them into, it, it kind of expands and you maybe think, I wouldn't listen to this when in my 20s or whatever, but as you get older, you think, well, well this is not bad, actually. You know, it's it's a whole new world out there. Oh, yeah. well, that's been the, the most awesome thing about being an, an expat musician. Um, you know, like, I, like that's been the thing that's like blown my mind, you know, because like I was in bands, I, my first band, I was 14 years old um, and I was a bass player. Like my two best friends from back at home, they just went out one day and bought guitars and they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, form a band. Like, you need to be in our band. I was like, well, what am I going to play? <laughs> and they're like, well, they're like, well, you can play bass. I'm like, I was like, what the, what the, what the fuck is a bass? <laughs> And they're like, oh, well, it's, it's like just they like can, guitar. They let you play bass, Tommy. It's like, I quite like that. Like, they get the, they get the good <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. They get the guitars and they're like, we'll give Tommy the bass, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, well, that's it. I mean, I, I barely knew what a bass was. Like, like I, I knew that it was a, a type of guitar. Yeah, it's like, it's a guitar with four strings. And I was like, bro, you guys have six. This is way, sounds like it's going to be way easier. <laughs> and then, like, you know, like, we grew up just like playing, you know, like in my friend's basement from, you know, the age of 14 all the way up through, you know, my junior high school, you know, so for about three or four years, just solid every day after school. And we were horrible. And eventually we got better and slowly got better. And then I joined another band, this band called Sweet Life, right before I left for Korea. And that was just my young 20s, stupid. Yeah, I destroyed that band just for for different young drugs ego just man i was a, <laughs> a just a wild man place, just like eh? not ready yeah um the music was great i mean like we sounded the the sweet life band was like a mix of kind of it was like led zeppelin and blind melon but we just so weren't marketable because it was during that time like late 90s early 2000s where it's like limp biscuit and you know that that metal rap and and we weren't that. Like we were, right. we were like a real, we were a rock and roll band. Um, right. We were good. I mean, um, I think that's why it was so volatile. You know, like we were, and we were talking about like we all came from different musical backgrounds, but like you said, we all had that feeling for music. You know, like we all knew a good song when we heard it, and and we were just able to all come together. Yeah, and you, um, you were taking it semi seriously, or at least as seriously as you, as you possibly could. Well, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it, it completely flunked me out of school, you know, but it, but it was cool. I mean, we got to open for Rats. Um, there was like a big show at this, uh, uh, Aerosmith had this club called Mamakin, and they'd get like big, you know, big acts that would come through. And um, I guess Rat wasn't big in, in the late 90s, but I mean, we opened for Rat, um, which is pretty cool. With two T's. Um, we also had a chance to open, yeah, with the two T's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just remembering who around. the band is. Yeah, yeah. The picture yeah. was in my mind. I'm going, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, the big, the big red letters. Yeah. The R-A-T-T, yeah. It's very easy. Um, yeah, and we also, yeah, like, like we were coming up around the same time as Godsmack. You know, we played a few shows with Godsmack as well. And, and we were starting to make a little bit, a little bit of name on the scene or whatnot, but just volatile and just stupid and, and completely fell apart. And at that point I had quit music. You know, like 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 when I first came to Soul, um, I was done with it. I was just like, you know what? Okay. I you know, I failure, you know, like fuck, I I, I failed at this. I'm gonna give this teaching thing a give this teaching thing a go. And I was in, you know, Korea teaching teaching English. And then stumbled across the big electric cat. 
Out of four. Now there's a story. What uh, <laughs> what time what time was this for me? This is in the early two thousands or when did you move make the move from the yeah, States yeah, to yeah. South Korea? Uh I, I I moved right in I would say probably March of two thousand three. Um yeah, yeah, March of two thousand three. So the band had fallen apart like two thousand one, two thousand two, and I was just like, All right that chapter's closed, I'm gonna, you know, and I had fought my way back through, you know, flunking out of music school, but was able to get back into regular university in Itauda philosophy and literature degree. Um, you know, and those are, shoot, those are in high demand, you know, on the job market. <laughs> well, they still are today, so at least you know you're. <laughs> you <know? laughs> they haven't stopped, they haven't stopped. Well, you know, yeah, well, you know, I was probably one of the the best red house movers in, in like 2000, 2002, 2003. I was like painting houses, moving furniture, working at a gas station and yeah. And, and, you know, quoting Kierkegaard, you know, like useless. <laughs> as, as you do, man. This is like, you know, it's your yeah, friendly yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. A philosopher. Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Great. I was like, great life choices. <laughs> and then what, what was it that um, got you back into you know, so it? I was like, um, it was showing up. Um, you know, like, I mean, I was done. I was teaching. I had moved to Korea, met, met a great girl, met, met June. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we had moved to Korea together because, you know, I was literally like 32,000 US dollars in debt from a philosophy and literature degree, uh, working as a house painter and, you know, in the summer, moving furniture in the winter. And I was just like, oh, there's got to be something better than this. And in June, God love her. She was like, well, you know, why don't you, you know, teach English, you know, because they'll pay for your apartment. You get free health care. Uh, you know, like, and I was, man, I'm sold. And you, you, know, get, to, you get, get to see house. another part of the world, right? Um, you, you get to do the real life you know, get to see, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, wow, okay, well, I may not get the tour as a, as a, big time rock musician, but you know what? I will see another part of the world. So yep, I'm down. So yeah, so we moved we moved together because she was there with me in, in the States. So we moved together in 2003. And yeah, I was working at this little place in Pyeongchongno, um, joined English school. And Itaewon seemed like a, God, like a whole other like, world away. Because mm-hmm. it was, you know, about 30 minutes by taxi, maybe like an hour. You got to take that. God, here I am. What? Oh, you froze up for a second there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you went, you went into full uh, right. tripping. I just, I just shut up until <laughs> you come back in, so it didn't freak you out. Uh, you were about an oh, hour good, away good. or half an hour by taxi from ET one. Oh, where was it? You were originally? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was in. Seoul, like, yeah. It was uh, 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 Dong over by Pukonsan, Pukonsan Mountain. Got you. Um, like Pukongdong out out in that area. Yeah. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was a good 30-minute taxi ride, 20-minute, you know, coming home at 3 a.m., you know, with a good taxi driver. The good old days, eh? <laughs> you, could make it, you, could, you could make it a 20. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was wild. Um, I mean, just career at that time was wild because it was like the afterglow of the, the World Cup. Yeah, you definitely. Know, like I, it had, I was there at that time, too. I, was, I moved over in 2000, and by 2000, I get married and at the tail end of 2002 and uh, we still are <laughs> so stranger things happening but we, yeah we were, <laughs> that, that whole time the whole world cup and yeah. I, I started getting into music again not long after that myself it's a similar 
a similar story. I, I hadn't played in maybe more than 10 years, but before I moved to Korea, I just, I just didn't have the mojo for one yeah, reason. Yeah. There was a, a few other reasons, work-wise and stuff like that, but I just lost the mojo for it. And uh, South Korea gave me it back again. It took a while. Same, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, the, 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 the same. I, I, I just remember going into to the big electric cat and, and, um, God, who was it? Uh, of, of, of course, it was Vadim and, and Drew. Um, Nate, Nate was there, Bamboo Wife, Trevor. I, I mean, all these people that I would call later on in life were, you know, um, I think Garen would make an appearance every now and again. And uh, Kerry, the jazz singer. Um, Were you John Scagnella? Like I mean, all, like all these people that just yeah. became that 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 music community in in Seoul. Um, there was two owners of the Electric Cat that I remember. One was the the woman I can't remember her name, but she played guitar as well. And then the second uh, one was the Jamie Steve guy, Jamie. Yes, right. Steve, yeah. It, it, she, oh God, like she would she would on on like Friday nights or, or, or any given night, because remember they used to have the military curfew. Right. And like, she would just, and she'd slam like the door at like, like right around like 1231. And she's like, all right, you motherfuckers, you guys are <laughs> in for the night. And then, I mean, she'd just whip out like free bottle. I mean, no wonder why she had to sell the place. Because like, <laughs> man, she would give out a lot of free booze. <laughs> a lot of, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, hmm. Oh uh, yeah, there was some good times in that. Yeah, it was it was such a small little place, and, and it was in the basement I, as well. You I, had I, to go down like two flights of stairs or three yeah, flights of stairs to get in. Yeah, you had to. Yeah, you had to go down. Yeah, like right across from that little. I guess it was like an Indian or like Pakistani restaurant was right across from there, and um, yeah, and you had to go down these cheeky little stairs, and like you'd never you'd never find it, you know, like, unless, like, unless, like, unless you either magically came across it or somebody brought you, like, and that, that was so cool, but, you know, it was just, and you met all of those characters that just, like, became that soul music scene, you know what I mean? Like, I think pretty much every band, you know, so many bands would just kind of got their foundations from there. Um, mm. I mean, it's there, and it was just stock, stompers. Yeah. There's, like, these stompers. establishments, God. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, God, they're they're all gone now. So, what yeah. would you say, Tommy? What would you say it was like the the main differences? Primarily talking about playing in a band as an expat, but what would you say the differences are primarily between where you started out and home? You're from the Boston area. Yeah. Yep. You still there? Yep. Okay. There we go. Yep. Still there. <laughs> it's yeah. All good, man. So yeah. Um, and some of the yeah, differences between between the uh, where you started out at home and then you know where you are now i learned to listen um that's the the the, the biggest thing like I, I i learned to i learned to listen to the people playing around me um i learned patience uh being an expat has just taught me you know tons of patience um you know like when i was in my band i had a huge ego you know, and it just, no, I, I was right. I, you know, I was the music major. I was, you know, I'm the one in charge of this. I'm driving this bus. Me, 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 me. Um, and you just, you walk into a different culture and you don't speak the language and it just, it, 
it, that alone teaches you a tremendous amount of patience. And then you just transfer that into that, you know, working with other people who are similar to you. I mean, like, I mean, they would, and then just walking into a room of musicians and you're literally the worst person in the room as far as talent wise. And, <laughs> and you just, you know, like, I know, I know that feeling, Toby. <laughs> you know, it's just, and, and you're just absolutely privileged in your good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's the wonders of China every now and then. My my internet just fucking cuts out. You get that bit um, of a bit of a. But we've been doing good, man. No, no, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I kind of jungle or jungle or jumble, juggle all this stuff back together again, and it's all good. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, yeah. So, so like, like the big thing that I learned is just just patience and 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 listening, and uh, and how to clap on a two and a four. One, two, <laughs> three. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, you know, we all, all got to start just, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but it was it, it was it was literally just kind of relearning how to how to be in a band and relearning how to make friends and um and soul was was a great it was a great time for that and it was a great place for that because there was not only were like I mean just think of the people, you know, uh Adam and George and Trevor and, and Drew, yourself and Switchy and, and Jeff and you know, like I, I, I was in a band. It was me, Jeff, me, Jeff, and Alex Hodge, and I think there might have been this other bass player guy. I think a Kiwi guy, but he had left. And yeah, Jeffrey and the Slackers. Um, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like when Jeff like first came to Korea. Um, but just yeah, I mean, you just met so many, just not only just good people, but great players and great musicians and. Um, and you know, and and everyone came to everyone else's shows. Like it was like it was a real, it was mm. a real community. You know, like it didn't matter who was playing. You know, you'd see other people from all the other bands. You know, hanging out together, doing side projects together. Um, God, it was yeah, yeah, it's a great time to be there. And from your times in in South sure. Korea, which sound fairly eventful and you know full of. Uh, great characters and great venues and great memories. You, what was your next step on the, on the journey, Tommy, from South Korea? Um, again, uh, not being able to make enough money to, to pay off my loans. So brought me to, first brought me to Thailand. Um, and funny enough, like Thailand, you think, geez, not a big, not a wise choice in the money-making front, but there was actually a good master's degree program to get my master's in it. Um, so, so again, you know, I, I went, did my master's in ed through a U.S. university in, in Thailand, um, which again, took me out of music for three years while I was doing my master's. And I, you know, I didn't play, didn't play a lick in Thailand. Um, you know, besides getting up at a, you know, like a drunken, you know, ex <laughs> you know, but, but not, you know, but, but, you know, it was actually, you know, like kind of a hangover from Seoul. You know, I mean, that was kind of Thailand. It was, you know, buckling down, getting the master's degree. But it was just that big kind of hangover from that time because it was just, you know, like everyone, you know, like that scene kind of ended around 2010, 2011. And, yeah. you know, most people kind of skinned out by then and weren't around. And I ended up going as well. And then, yeah, again, like Thailand became like, you know, like the lost years in, in, in Thailand, you know, but it was, I'm not lost in the sense because I, you know, got my master's and 
kind of allowed me to, you know, become a certified teacher and I, I became a professional, you know, like I became a professional teacher, um, you know, which, which is great, but still that music bug, I mean, it bit me in soul and it hasn't, hasn't left. No. Yeah. Uh, the, the time music but, um, scene then you, you didn't really get involved or you didn't have the time or the, the inclination to do it, you know, the, the, the feeling to do it is there, but just the, the circumstances, it was, you had other priorities to take care of. So yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. And in, in, in Thailand's a whole different, you know, like, like you're coming out of a place that was a music community and then you're coming into a place that's just basically where it's a lot of tourism. So, you know, so it's a lot of the, the, the Filipino bands and there, there weren't, there wasn't a real music community that I, that I found in Thailand. No, maybe um, more of a transient uh, community there as well. There's more more people coming. Definitely, in. yeah, de- like definitely. Um, but for what I learned later on, after I had left, unfortunately, was that there is like a thriving like underground Thai rock scene. Um, you know, and, and there's a really cool music scene that's happening that just that's just slightly under the surface of all these glitzy kind of you know like expat kind of uh vacation type bands you know top 40 stuff and mm. but underneath the surface of that there's a real kind of thriving scene so i don't know if i ever get back there i'm gonna i'm gonna do some digging i think but uh but yeah like those years in thailand were were yeah musically not 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 so event but good for getting my bills paid you know, like I was able to get an international school job, make, you know, like, like make some money, get myself out of that student, you know, that student loan hole, which is the biggest thing, you know, and that's what brought me to China, you know, like, like again, like, um, how long have you been following the money? Um, I've been, God, I've been in China for about six years now, like six years in China, um, three years I was with Adam over in Chongqing and, um, and man, that was fantastic. We were in this band, and we were literally like the only bar band in all of Chongqing. I, I mean, like we were the only, like literally the only, I would say the only legit rock band. Um, like we actually had a drummer. Like all the bands in, in Chongqing were literally, were just like skinny Eastern European blonde singer lady one dude on like a octopad just like you know and then a guitar player like most most like i i can't even call them bands but like most most of the players they were just like maybe like a three-piece or a four-piece and it was funny because adam had told me a story that they uh they wanted him to show up but they didn't want him they just wanted the look of a bass player <laughs> so basically like he was getting paid to like look like and it was all backing tracks so basically the whole band played to backing tracks with this little european singer like you know and that's, that's the ensemble weirdest, eh? that's, oh it, it, it's <laughs> wild but like that's that's the wildness of, of china because it's just I don't think they know what they want when it comes to Western because I've never really been exposed to, you know, it's like, like the stuff that kind of gets through. It's like, Oh, let's do everything. It's, it's a real small kind of playlist. Like, it's yes. like, and I find that even a bit in, in Guangzhou, um, you know, like besides I think us and gigantic and a, a little bit, this band's classic walk, like we're the only three bands that are playing like, you know, like, I mean, we do things from the Pixies to, to David Bowie to like stuff that, the Chinese people have never heard and it is such a treat seeing the fun 
right? I mean, because we're going nuts on stage, and 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 that's been the awesome part about China, whether it was Chongqing or or Guangzhou. The market is just so open for just authentic. I mean, they they want it, you know. I mean, just you can imagine how people felt in the fifties the first time nice. hearing it, you know, like you know, it's like like why why is my leg shaking? Why <laughs> why am I smiling? Like what's making me move? Well, I, I mean, people just. It's funny you say that because uh, we, we, we're just recording on the, the day after uh, Little Richard passed away and there's a classic example. I read some great eulogies yesterday and one of them was from Flea, because uh, <clears throat> the bass player from the Chili Peppers, and he said something. There was just a line in it. There was a, quite a few lines, but one of the ones that stood out for me was, it made their parents scared. You know, and that's what real rock and roll should be, right? You know, it scared the parents, man, you know? And I, th- I think you're hitting no. on a similar nerve there. You know, it's this kind of uh, this no, ball of energy no, that, that they can't, that, you don't know what to do with. That that that's exactly you know, and and that's what I mean about having that fun level at you know trying to maintain that solid seven. You know, because that's it. When there is, and sometimes you can feel that energy in the room. And if it gets too big, there's always, you know, like, there's always that fear that the cops are going to come in and, and just totally mix it, shut it down. Like, we've been shut down at least twice um, playing. Um, cops have just come in. Sorry, you guys are too loud. Done. That's it. Game yeah. over. Um, the fun place. Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who thought it was um, just the parents that used to do that, right? When we were, we were playing in the, <laughs> in the garage or the basement or whatever. And, uh, it was the next right. door neighbor that was complaining, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't know. I guess I guess Big Brother's real. Or Big <laughs> Mother or Big. There's <laughs> more ways than one, man. Definitely. But uh, you found yeah, uh, yeah. You found the you know, but, Oh, go on. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, um, no. It, it's just it's wild. Like like the difference between like my my idea of what I thought China was versus you know what it actually is and and how absolutely great the actual people of china really are i mean they're such lovely people who are just their souls are itching for fun like true authentic just they're cutting loose and i think that's why like uh, like bands like ours are are really good you know for just for that release for everybody yeah and it's just yeah like yeah yeah for sure, and and but we're just having fun too, you know. It's just like that. That fun is just contagious, you know. Like it's just you know that that rock, like rock you said that, really that energy. Yeah, rock and roll really works when you have the whole reciprocal thing going on, though. When you get the buzz from them and they get the buzz from you, then the magic happens. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I I think that's yeah, that's there's so much truth to that. And it could only be ten. Yeah, and that's another thing I learned. Fifty, it doesn't really matter. The numbers. Does this kind of mess? No, yeah. Numbers. You have to play in a big stage or in this place or that place, or, ah. which is great, right? You know, it's this is a this is a real treat. Fantastic. But other yeah. times, other times, twenty people in the bar and they're just going at it, man. You know, it's fantastic. Uh, like yeah, it's like 20, 20 sweaty people dancing and, and having a great time it, it's just always great like i've always it's, it's very similar to sports you know like i, I realized for me like like when i was a young kid i played a lot of sports american football baseball and, and and one of the things that your coaches would always tell you is just like you leave it on the field you know just like you just you give it everything you got and and those are always the best games win or lose if you left it all on that court you know and that's something the same with music you know like it just you just 
put it all out on that stage and you just give it everything you have for the that time you're on there because it's it's precious you know like that being able to be a part of that giving and receiving of that energy like there's nothing like it i mean there's nothing i can't nothing better no. um and then to be able to do it in a place like china where it's just where it's so new you know like where it's just like and you see faces like 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 hearing david bowie for the first time like uh like we do uh suffragette city and when they hear that when when they hear sympathy for the devil for the first time or satisfaction gang, 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 <laughs> like it's just like oh like you know like what is this, this? is not bon Jovi. Like, this, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, what is this? Like, why do I just want to move? And, well, this and, is the great thing. They, they'll go and look it up on their phones or whatever Chinese sites that they're using, and they'll find the real versions of all these songs as well. And they're like, "Wow, this is this is wicked." Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and that's been the really one of the best treats about being, I, I guess, like like being an expat musician like overall you know because i think you you mentioned earlier like everybody comes from all these different musical backgrounds and and now you just have that globally like i'm like 45 years old at this point and i just heard the smiths for the first time like about a year ago you know and they blew my mind i was like oh my God, <laughs> this is like just coming across different types of music you know from just people all over the world and like like what you know like what are the bands that they grew up with and what are the bands you know like so you get everything from from chili peppers to the smiths to the cure to metallica to you know um and now it's weird because it's like becoming generational um our drummer is like he's a young pop he's like 25 years old like just straight up like like millennial and um, it, but he's bringing all this really cool stuff. Like this band, Mars Volta. Never yeah, I know, I know them. Yeah, but, I know but, them. Yeah. great drummer in that band as well. But but yeah, yeah. But and, and but I think even they're like a like a bit older as well. But you know, but like newer strokes. I I thought the strokes stopped making music. Well, like we're doing like you know like new stroke stuff and. I think um, they just released a new album. Yeah, great. Yeah, so like it's it's getting like plugged back into kind of like modern music, but also like revisiting music, like uh, Dexter's Midnight Runner. Uh, we do Come On Eileen in our set. Like, we do a really, we do just a really fun punk version. Just like, like just, and we just, we've completely turned it into a punk song. And, and a complete with breakdown well. though. You've got to have the breakdown part, right? Oh yeah, that boom. Come on. <laughs> that's the bit, that, man. That's, I mean, that's, a, that's the money. Yeah, that's it, and then it's just, and wild but just like revisiting songs and just um everybody coming from different backgrounds you know and then just being able to meet speaking of that i mean how how do you find like-minded people what's you know is it quite a a heavy rotating list of band members or how does that process work in the getting gigs and rehearsals and things like that are these easy to find easy to come across no uh it's the short answer like um I was really, really lucky. I was really, really lucky. Um, what I tell people who are interested in, you know, find an open mic. I think every big city has an open mic. Except um, Dortmund. And <laughs> oh, no. uh, I, I love oh, the idea, man. Bad, they, man. They, just, they just don't do music. They do football and beer, but they don't really do music. I know some places, but not. 
well, you know what? Enough of my words, Tony. <laughs> if you if you build it, they will come. Gotta, <laughs> this is true. You have to start it. I'll have you to have convince to the message. You know, I, um, I was lucky enough. Uh, Hoolies had a great open mic, and well, I, I mean, it wasn't even actually the open mic was they had this really fantastic Indonesian band um, that could pretty much play anything, and basically you could get up and play with this Indonesian band. Like they were like the house band for the night. But if you play guitar, you could you know sit in on guitar. Or if you played bass, you could sit in, you know, on bass, which is really weird because it wasn't like the open mics back, you know, where people just go and jam, you know, like, like you get very little jamming goes on. Uh, but that's how you meet the people, though. Um, like, like, like you meet, you know, whether it's like the Eastern Europeans looking for their next little singer or. But I was really I was really lucky because I went one night and I was singing and I had met uh, John, our guitar player and Phil, our bass player, they were there and just happened to be looking for it. Like just so total luck, like a fluke. Um, I just happened to be there just singing. And they were like, oh my God, there's a singer that's actually listening to the band and not trying to overpower. <laughs> right. Because I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, I, I, I don't like talking shit, but like there's just a lot of fucking wankers, you know, <laughs> that just like, that just want to just get out there and, and just scream into a mic and just, oh, look at me, look at it's me. The, like, me. the me, me, me syndrome, man. Yeah. It, and they had a singer like that. And they just, you know, and the band just wasn't gelling in. So they were looking for a new singer. And I just happened to be just really lucky. And I've been with these guys my whole time in Guangzhou for like three years now, um, which is, you know, I, I count my blessings, you know, because like we were just like my, we came from, different backgrounds, you know, different musical backgrounds and our approach to songwriting. Um, that's when we had kind of, and just like our approach to how we learn songs. Um, you know, like I tend to like, like jam a bit more and, um, but, but our guitar player, John is just, he was a music student. He actually graduated music school. So he, uh, <laughs> you got one up on you. <laughs> so, yo, big time, big time. And, and, but his, but his approach is just very systematic and very, which for a while we, we butted heads a bit because I was, I'm a bit more jammy and kind of really emotional. Uh, like music to me is a real emotional thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and music, music for him, it's emotional, but it's also very cerebral too. It's, right. it's, it's like a puzzle to be figured out. To someone from the outside, if you're taking a different approach that you see it as a, you're just like, how, yeah, how does, how do you, how can he think that? And I don't think this, you know, or I can't, we don't think along the same line. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but like we're powered through all that and like, he's my favorite member of the band. Cause like now, now that we're beginning to write our own songs and, you know, we're looking to start, you'll go, we're going to start recording real soon. And um, the songwriting process has just been really fun, you know, cause it's like, I'm coming from such an emotional place and he's coming from such kind of a, like a piecing together of my emotions and kind of like <laughs> right. a cerebral, and, and, you know, and, and like, and like kind of like turning my like emotional throw up kind of into songs you know so it's like well like like here i am just like like belting out just you know and it's like oh well this works as a chorus and this is a, we'll put this here and you know and um and that part's been awesome i mean literally that's how bands like, yeah. find their chemistry and that kind of stuff it is 
it generally is a case of trial and error. Things don't just happen by sticking four or five guys in a room and see what happens. It it does take a bit of time and getting to know each other and how relationships build over this as well. Oh, for sure. yeah, no, you, you know, I, and that's why I find that like like our band has been so lucky. Like like our band, we're Easy Tiger, uh, is the name of our band. Easy Tiger, Kwangjo, come see us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's my plug. Uh, if you're ever in Kwangjo. But um, are the guys I from similar like, backgrounds, Tommy? Excuse me, are they from a similar profession? Um, or well, let's let's see. Um, uh, John John was a music major, and he's teaching English. Luke uh, is again an English teacher. Like he did a lot of drumming in high school, studied a bit of music. Um, real good drummer who just keeps getting better. Um, Phil, uh, he's the elder statesman in the band. We call him Uncle Phil. <laughs> um, but he's like your, he's like your, he's like your dirty older uncle, you know, like he's just, uh, but he, of all people, he is the, he's an, the accountant for Carlsberg beer in China. So like, like he does a lot of the books for Carlsberg. The, the, I guess there's a few Carlsberg breweries up in China and he surprisingly gets us a lot of gigs through like the Carlsberg, you know, like we get to do like a lot of like the like the British day, like the British embassy does like yeah, a big right. party. We're like, I guess you could call you know, it. It's like a thousand. Stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, but these gigs, like some of them are like, you know, we played a British day in front of like a thousand people and, you know, so like some really good, some really good gigs, but going back, I, the biggest thing is that we're friends, you know, like, like we were out for brunch today and we, and we hang out together and we, you know, we go through life. Like, and we're just we're four friends first and that's why like I, I feel really lucky because to be honest I even gigantic you know what I mean they've gone through so many different players just in the two years that I've you know, at least they've gone through two guitar players I think a bass player um, two or three drummers I guess it, it, it's just hard to to keep bands together I don't know what the reason is I don't know I guess it I try not to think about it too much because I just I'm blessed with, yeah, with the people that I have. You're on a bit of a crest of a wave, and eh? you don't you don't want it to end. Oh, big, yeah. big time, big time. Like I, I mean, it's just you know, and it would definitely, as far as like musical talent, like we're definitely not the most talented band, but I could say we're definitely the funnest band in in this town. Like I have no doubt. I I could say that and not feel bad about it. All. But just imagine, like you know, for you. For your buddies in a basement. That's exactly what our shows are like. You know, it's just like beers are flowing, making jokes on stage together, you know, like like fucking up and laughing about it. It's like, <laughs> oh, just like you know, but it, it just it comes across as just honest. And that's so like we're we're really just honest. I think you might be doing yeah, yourself I mean, a disservice here, Toby, because uh, you know, a little bit of modesty goes a long way, as they say, but it's one of those things when you are a decent a decent band, right? You know, let's put it in those terms, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, we both played a decent yeah, yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we know we can get away with this and that and stuff. And you, so yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you can play, right? You know, it's not just your, you know, fucking it yeah, up. yeah, 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 like, 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 we're not, we're not, we're not terrible, we're not terrible. No. Um, I mean, but that's the thing, like, like, we've all been playing for such a long you know, and, um, and it's just, it's been really nice and I felt really lucky. Um, you know, and it's funny cause like I was talking with, you know, uh, a friend back home about this, and, you know, like I've always, you know, you always find good people, you know, like, like if you, you know, you find when things come to you, you're, like you're attracted to 
like-minded souls and, and people and and i think vice versa like you get attracted to them and somehow you find a way to get with the right people at that time where you need to be and you know it happened in seoul you know same thing happened in seoul happened in china but i think you just you know you gotta you gotta be ready to fail like failure is a big thing you know you gotta get ready to you, you said know, it yourself, put yourself out how, there it was you said it yourself earlier to me it's how you pick yourself up and just get on with it again eh? it's that, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it. You know, like maybe, I mean, I was in tons of in Seoul until I, you know, finally put that short bus one together. And, and that was a fun, that was a fun band. 